sort of think of it as a nightmare in progress. And welcome back to the Debate of the Dead podcast in 2023. Welcome to the first episode of Season 3, the Slasher Symposium. So this season, we're going to be talking all about slasher, slasher, slasher movies. They are a classic staple of the genre. They've been around since... Mm, it's actually debatable. Some would say the 70s with Halloween. Some would say even earlier with Psycho. Some would say Texas Chainsaw. But they've been around for a while. And uh, everybody knows the slasher formula, picking people off one by one. It's uh, it's very simple, but a lot of movies have taken it and put their own spin on it. And that's why there's so many of them. And that's why we're going to talk about so many of them this season. So kicking off this uh, season and this slasher series is one that came out just last year in 2022 now that it's 2023 uh and that would be x this movie was produced by a24 written by ty west uh with a lot of influence from mia goth and we're going to get into all of the nitty-gritty details about x but i would like to introduce my first guest of the year this time around this uh here with me to discuss this interesting epic of a slasher movie is evan exhumed of the we creeps podcast how are you doing evan i am very excited because i love mia goth and everything that i've seen her yes and yes love this movie i love i love the prequel i love this is just a really a really fun one to discuss especially I agree. Uh, I'm also super excited because I, uh, we both are named Evan, so I feel yes. like this is the event of the yes. season. Hell yeah! Uh, it's a good. It's yeah. a. It's a strong name. It's a solid one. It is a strong name, and and we we've talked about this, but I, now I got to bring it up on air. There are not enough Evans in horror movies. No, I can think of literally two: Evan Lewis from Final Destination Two, and. Evan, the security guard from the Belker experiment. Yeah, it it's it's I mean, it's it's sad. I mean, there's just a severe lack of representation, I think, in Absolutely. most most film, you know, and uh, uh, what did what did we find out recently in, in Scream 6? There's going to be an Evan character, right? There is going to be a character named Evan in Scream 6. I forget which actor plays him because I'm not like paying that much attention so I can avoid spoilers. But when I found that shit out, I went not like I was not okay. I was driving to work and I like stayed in my car for like five extra minutes when I pulled up because I was like, holy <laughs> shit. Like there's going to be because I swear to God, if that man takes off the ghost face mask at the end oh. and it goes down in official permanent canon history that there was a character named Evan as a ghost face, I can die happy. I mean, it's just <laughs> such a win for Evans of the world. Honestly. It is a. It is the W of all W's. I'll never complain about not having an Evan in a horror movie ever again. I, I haven't even seen I haven't even seen the screams and I'm going to go see it just just to support our support our boy there. Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. So very excited for this double. Evan Tandra. <laughs> um, but yeah, so let's talk about X. So this movie came out at the beginning of the year. I want to say it was like March 
um, that it got its theatrical release. Yeah, I feel like I heard I, it had such like a like a, it was advertised pretty well. I feel that I I totally forgot that it that it is a twenty twenty two film because it like mm-hmm. I was looking forward to it for for a little bit of time. So you know, ha- having it even be called twenty twenty two, I'm just like, oh, I guess it is, huh? Right. It's especially weird. with Pearl coming out, you know, six Pearl months coming later. out the same year. That's oh, my God, that's insane. And we probably won't talk too much about Pearl since sure, this podcast sure, sure. is mostly focused on X. And I even though we're going to spoil the shit out of X, since we're not focusing on Pearl, I maybe like don't want to go too into Pearl. Just oh, in yeah, case yeah, yeah. People listen to you got to see X like, first. See, see X, see Pearl. They're both great. And I, I definitely am going to talk about Pearl in this podcast for sure. Uh, but this one. You know, we're we're looking at just the first one, X, uh, which was filmed in New Zealand during mm-hmm. the pandemic. Um, but yeah, this one kind of came out of nowhere until it was announced. And it was it was marketed as like the A24 slasher. Mm-hmm. And A24 is known for these doing these like uh, big art housey uh, philosophical kind of um, not schlock movies Mm -hmm. so when slashers tend to typically fall in that b schlock genre category uh so everybody's like oh a24 the art house studio is making a slasher movie how is that gonna go and i think it went fucking great oh i mean the movie is beautiful i mean the the shots and and just the cinematography of it and it's very well done where to even begin? I mean, I guess the beginning of the movie. So <laughs> it, uh, <laughs> that's a good place to start. It 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 it, uh, it opens up and like right away, Texas Chainsaw Massacre vibes. It's mm-hmm. like bright and sunny. It takes place in Texas in the 70s. It, it's it, the shots are even like framed in a similar way. You've got like the overgrown grass. We're in a, uh, a farmhouse situation and environment. Um and uh, we kind of slowly meet our our characters here, starting with, uh, well, first it has the the like cops. It shows like the whole like end scene as the first scene kind of thing. Yeah, we see a bunch of uh, bodies covered in in sheets of white, and uh, it was actually a foreshadow to bodies, bodies, yeah. bodies. The later release, <laughs> a, little, a little a little a little Easter egg there. <laughs> Um, but yeah, if you go it's back like, and look. There are three bodies, right? Right. <laughs> uh, it's um, it, it's these cops, and they're investigating a farmhouse with all these bodies everywhere. There's blood. There's guts. It's gory as hell. And they're like, "What the hell happened here?" Begin movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and then I think it does like a time card. It's like 24 hours earlier. Mm-hmm. Yep, um, exactly. And I think yeah. I think the film takes place in 1979, so just like right on that cusp of the 80s. Yeah. Definitely, definitely like late uh, 70s for sure. And uh, we see we start with Mia Goth, who's like doing a rail. In oh, her she's dressing getting room or whatever. She is coking out. Um, and she's like giving herself this little pep talk in the mirror. She's like, you know, you're you're a star. You're a sex symbol. You're a fucking um, sex symbol. Which I've got to say, OK, the first time I watched this movie, I did not think that anyone's like southern accent was particularly distracting <laughs> however when i rewatched it yesterday for this podcast 
I found Mia Goth's southern accent to be a little distracting. She's got some, like, she ends on some, like, the way that she ends her words is, like, kind of fucking crazy. Like, yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's it's like this weird hybrid of, of a southern person who, like, summers in England or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, like, bad, and she's definitely given it her all, because, I mean, Mia Goth's a fucking incredible in this she's, movie. She's and phenomenal. Her, uh, absolutely phenomenal. But like, I don't know, something about some of the words she would say. And like, I'm thinking about like much later in the movie when Pearl is like, like rubbing her little finger on Maxine in the hallway. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and she's like, she's like, what are you doing? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> she touched really me. Yeah. It's yeah, yeah. 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 But so. anyway, anyway, so we meet Mia Goth's character, Maxine. And she's like this uh, showgirl at a at a strip club bar kind of moment. And then her boyfriend and I think also manager mm -hmm. comes in. His name's Wayne. I can't remember the actor who plays him off the top of my head, but I know it's the guy from The Ring. <laughs> Is it really? Yeah, he's he plays the dad slash love interest male protagonist role in that movie. <laughs> he's also notably like 20 years older than her. That is true. He is he's definitely the oldest of the the crowd here that we're working with. And he looks good as fuck for his yes, age. Holy yes, shit. Definitely. Is, I mean, most celebrities tend to because like money and workout routines, but like damn. Yeah, he could still he um, could get it. He could get it. He could get it. They're freaky in this movie, honestly. They probably would. Oh yeah. I mean, just um, like the way he looks at her and stuff, like during some of those scenes, you like he said he says it's business, but like I you know. Mm -hmm. There's a little bit more to that. I see a little sparkle in his eye. You're right, right. Uh, so then that's Wayne and Maxine. And then just to get the rest of the characters, because it's like a pretty small cast. It's not exactly yeah. like a huge, there's a lot of people to keep track of here. We've got Brittany Snow, no stranger to the horror genre, in the role of, what is it? Tan Bobby Lynn. Bobby Lynn, Bobby yeah. Lynn. Uh, she's also like a, sh uh, a showgirl actress model you know whatever their, their mm -hmm. proper title is for them at this club um we've got kid cuddy playing <laughs> yes. uh what is his name in the movie uh they, jack they say jackson hole jackson jackson yeah that's right so we've got kid cuddy and like honestly some movies have done the whole rapper in a protagonist role thing mm -hmm. before and it usually yeah. doesn't work out like I'm thinking of Trey songs and that Texas massacre, Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. And like, they just Busta rhymes and Halloween resurrection. We all know how that. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 So like, usually it's a sign of like, Oh, what are they? Doing? What's happening here? But this time it really kid Cudi is. He does well. In this he role. does well. Yeah. He Who knew he's got, he, he's got the vibe. Noir. He does have the vibe. He understood the assignment and he's from what I like, he's good. And yeah so i was i was there for it for sure definitely um and then who else we've got jenna ortega yes wednesday new horror princess queen storming on with yet another goddamn role in 2022 love her as uh what is her actual name they keep calling her church mouse but i forget what her actually i think it's oh, lorraine i think it's yeah lorraine. i think it is i think it is lorraine uh she is the sound girl so she like holds the boom mic uh, and she's the girlfriend of a character named RJ, who is the director, producer, idea man behind this whole uh, operation here. And this this little Scooby-Doo gang here 
is set out to make the most palatable, delectable porn video that we ever did saw. <laughs> They're trying to make their own A24 porn video, basically. Yes. And <laughs> this um, this this movie is a little teeny bit meta. This is it's a good thing that in the final episode of season two, I had a lengthy discussion about meta versus self-aware. But it's like a little meta because overall this movie's theme is like oh we're trying to make a good dirty movie we're trying to make like an elevated mm. porn movie but at the same time the movie we the audience are watching the movie x by ty west and produced by a24 is like we're trying to make a good high-end slasher horror movie like th- to prove that they're not all schlocky uh. cheeseball nonsense to quote jenna ortega and scream <laughs> that's so that's so interesting i never thought about that because like if you ask me like yeah, yeah can you name another slasher that has like the same level of production and like not campy b-moviness like right. i don't think i could like it take me a minute for sure if they're even you know if they're even really is is one of note and it would probably be one of the classics like scream or nightmare mm-hmm. or halloween one something like that because those that's why you know they set the precedence that they did totally. but a24 is over here like we're gonna make a good dirty slasher movie like we elevated horror as is the new term of the year i, uh, I feel like a24 is like at this point kind of like the pixar of horror like you just kind of know you're gonna get a banger for the most part like there are yeah, some like yeah, not, not as good as the others you know mm-hmm. like you know you got cars too in there here and you know you got a few of those but you know, and it's, it's nice it's, to see yeah. that in 2023. Sorry, let's cut you off. Uh, it's I'm really bad at that. <laughs> no, no, you're good. You're good. It's um, I'm the same way. It's nice. <laughs> it's nice to see that we have studios because for the mm-hmm. longest time, horror was that uh, the forgotten godchild, ugly stepsister genre of movies that like people didn't generally want to mess with. And now, I mean, we still got ways to go, but it's definitely more respected and gets more. Oh yeah, love and appreciation every year. So it's nice that we have. We live in a world where there are big studios like A24, like Blumhouse, putting out these movies consistently that we can associate quality with them. Oh, yeah. I mean, what I mean, especially just 2022 in general, like, you know, Smile made like 200 million like worldwide, you know. Right, uh, right. That movie uh, nope. Like, I mean, Jordan Peele is like, you know, he's he's doing pretty well for himself. But yeah, it's like horror is definitely becoming more. You know, it sucks that it's taken this long, but more respected, I think, as a as a form of serious art. And and so, Absolutely. you know, it's 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 movies like this that really continue to kind of drive that narrative that, you know, this is not just like always just can't be fun. It's, these are movies that have a lot of things to say. Yeah. And this movie came out right at the right time, right at the beginning of 2022, which was like one of the most objectively influential and uh, graceful years to the entire genre with so many just knockout entries and even the bad ones that mm-hmm. came out this year got people talking it, this whole year just felt this year felt this last year <laughs> felt different <laughs> than any other year of horror I've I've ever experienced I'm oh, yeah. 24 23 so I like I, I just I can't remember there was a time where I was consistently every single week of the year excited about an upcoming release usually i'm lucky if we get like two three oh event yeah releases a year this movie it was like all right january we're coming with scream next we got uh uh here's fresh on hulu and oh, then fresh, here's so x good. 
And then don't worry about X because later this year you've got Pearl. And then Jordan Peele's got a new movie this year. Halloween's got a new movie. Mm-hmm. Like everything. This was just an event, an event, Evan. An event. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Eventful year. Um, but anyway, anyway. So that's our slew of characters. We've got we've got the porno gang, the Scooby gang of porn. Uh, <laughs> hence, also, hence the movie's title X. It's called X for like a lot of reasons. Uh, but that's one of them, like XXX for pornography. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So they are the whole the whole story here is that our little Scooby gang of porn is going to a remote farmhouse in Texas to shoot their video. It's called the farmhouse's daughter or the farmer's daughter or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it's it's almost like Airbnb before Airbnb, Airbnb, because there's a scene later where uh, Wayne, who's like you know the older guy in charge of everything is like no we spoke on the phone and agreed on a price and everything and he's like oh yeah and so it was like i was like this is very airbnb of that. yeah seriously <laughs> but uh yeah so they they find this farmhouse and that's where they're gonna set up shop and do their little movie um and so we get this movie does character development really well uh yes. i i think because all of these and that's that's one of the reasons this makes such a good slasher is because in all those other schlocky b cheesy camp movies usually the characters are horrendously unlikable and if they are likable they're almost caricatures rather than characters they body stereotypes they are campy because they're not real people you're like this is a heightened version of what a human is. And I talk about my definition of camp all the time on this podcast is the uncanny Valley, but of emotions. So Mm. like, it's like, this is not a real human being like, yes, I'm watching a human portray this, but this, this is camp. This isn't real. This is very heightened. It's very separated. um, Yeah. And this movie is very not that. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the the thing is, is like uh, with, with a lot of slashers, most of the characters, like you said, like they're pretty unlikable and, I, I feel like even though I didn't love, like I didn't personally feel connected or like love every character here, these all felt like real human beings that I've met in real right. life. And right. like, you know, that's that's a, that's another human being that's experiencing these things. So it's like, it provides you, you know, this sort of, I don't know, like you, you feel more empathetic, which kind of in a way makes it a little bit more disturbing. Definitely, especially for when the characters die because you actually like care about them. And you're like, oh no, I wanted to see that person live, damn. Yeah, like, oh that person could have been a star or that person you know i liked the way right. that person sang right so the the gang get in their van and they drive to the place and you know we get some uh talk in the van to kind of learn a little bit about them they're talking about like the movie their goals uh we learned that jenna ortega's character is like really quiet so she doesn't really talk that much and the other girls are like why is she fucking looking at us like that? <laughs> yeah. Is there, um, she's she's getting a little bit of a judgment vibe. Definitely. Definitely given like the quiet observer, but probably judging mm-hmm. vibe. And they stop at a little gas station. Excuse me. They stop at a little gas station, uh, get some snacks, fuel up and, and whatnot. And just, it's just general more um, character development by just talking. Like we hear, Maxine talk about how she re- doesn't want to be famous. She, I need to be famous, Wayne. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She lets him know. <laughs> she lets him know. Sometimes I'll just be like in my living room cooking, and I'll be like, "Damn!" And I, and I'll just out loud to myself be like, "I need to be famous, Wayne." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I mean it's I think that it's it's a really good 
I mean, I mean, it's just such a short scene too. Like this whole these whole exchanges and stuff, and and yeah, you know, like even just like from RJ, like saying like it's possible to make a good dirty movie, mm-hmm. and and you know him kind of scolding uh what's her name the church mouse uh mm-hmm. you know just at being like you know don't fuck this up for me basically, right, right. Um, and in this also in this gas station, the clerk has a one of those little like box TVs on the counter. And this is where the seed is set for the first time of uh, a preacher, a televised preacher. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of a, a background. Uh, I don't want to say set piece, but it's like a background through line that persists the whole movie. A motif. Uh, very, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Very subliminally, almost like it's there and you don't really forget about it. But it's not in the forefront by any means. Would you have, would you see... say would you say that he was an evangelist? <laughs> <laughs> I uh, definitely would actually based on everything <laughs> going off about. Um, but yeah, it's just like this old preacher dude going off about like sin and virtue and everything. And the and this is one of those scenes that uh, will hit different on a rewatch because they. The characters look at the TV with like a certain amount of disgust, which, you know, of course, they're like, these are clearly some uh, free spirits, as Mm -hmm. some would call them. So they probably don't most definitely don't agree with the things he's saying. And so they, you know, at first it reads as like just general disgust with like, oh, closed minded, like, oh, yeah, for not for this. Um, And but on a rewatch after you you know get the whole movie in perspective and learn the 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 mini I don't even know if you'd call it a twist here but the reveal here uh that that preacher is Maxine's father mm-hmm. uh, watching them react with like some disgust it's like damn that's her dad she's watching on the TV right now oh and yeah that's why she reacts that way yeah cuz i mean like you you kind of initially have the the first perspective like these people are all sex workers basically um well mm-hmm. most of them and uh, or in the sex worker industry and you know in 1979 i would say it was a lot fucking worse <laughs> than it is in 2023 but uh so yeah you have that kind of like initial perspective of just like oh no wonder you know they they completely and wholly disagree with this this mentality but then like you said you know you have that that reveal towards the end and you're like oh that's like that's like her dad <laughs> literally literally yeah and um it, it's a struggle that a lot of people can relate to because this movie is so sex positive and mm-hmm. I fucking love that about this movie. It's one of, it's honestly one of my, my personal favorite things about the movie. Oh yeah. How sex positive it is. I couldn't think of a better way to word it, but I yeah. mean, it's also like really like, you know, uh, ethical non-monogamy, like polyamorous positive, like, yes. you know, we'll, we'll get to it later, but yes. you know, there's a, there's an entire conversation where they basically explain like the basics of modern polyamory. And it's just like, yes, God Right. And, and so the, uh, and even in this scene here, they, they drop a little seed of their, their free spiritedness, if you will, <laughs> because he's like, uh wayne is is like talking to maxine and he's like oh you know how some folks can be when it comes to sex and then he like winks at the cashier and the cashier looks at him like what the fuck (laughs) and i but like at the same time i i can relate to wayne so much in that moment i'm like there's literally like the vibes were right they were immaculate (laughs) i mean i mean he probably like awakened something in that that poor gas attendant it's just you know that little wink Right. And then we just get some really good uh, Britney Snow moments uh, as Bobby Lynn. She's like, 
uh she's like i'm calling my agent oh yeah <laughs> the cigarettes she says, she says the whole thing about like uh you know if you like shoot from below it'll look like he's using his cock <laughs> uh so we just get some really good bobby lynn moments um and then they get in the car and drive off to the to the farm and arrive and honestly there's nothing really creepy about it at first this movie actually takes a minute to get into the whole uh, the horror the horror Medicine. of it all <laughs> Yeah, um, it's it does it starts off pretty tame, but I also think that is so important because that's how we get the character development. Let the tension rise. Yeah, I mean, um, you definitely with horror, like you want to get people to. I mean, depending on the movie, but like with this, you you know, you kind of want to get to like a place of comfort and and kind of make the audience feel like a, a little secure, even though they know it's a horror movie. They're still like you're still exposing them to sort of this this yeah, feeling yeah. of safety. You got to be like just trust. It's coming. I promise. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so they pull up and he he being Wayne knocks on the door of the farmhouse and answer uh, this. Also, this shot is straight out of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Like I, I almost took a screenshot of this moment, put it on Twitter and said, mm. you, you you tell me, is this X or is this the Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Just to see how what that was. Those results would you like but it's very texas chainsaw massacre it's inside the house and it's looking out so through the screen door so it's super over like uh underexposed on the inside because the camera is staring at a direct light source being the sun mm-hmm. and the the stairs are on the right hand side we're looking out from this like alcove-ish area behind this it's it's the exact same shot as texas chainsaw so homage where homage is homage <laughs> <laughs> there's a few there's a few of those i was reading um Definitely there's like a few, a, few. a few references i think to psycho as well yeah they 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 really uh the i always talk about also how the horror community is basically or the horror genre is basically like one big circle jerk but i also yeah love like... it because it's just like homage after homage like being like oh this person did really great let me call out that how they did that great but then in years that cements as part of it so it's just like a big cycle of homage. I, I I think it's cool. But uh anyway, uh yeah, lots of lots of homage shots and uh Howard. So we've got two new characters, Howard and Pearl. They are the owners of the farmhouse. They're an older couple. And when I say old, I mean like 75 minimum. I would probably guess yeah. older. Yeah. At least they're, they're, they're pretty they're pretty old. Even, even if they're not that old, they're pretty fucking weathered. If I, based on the math of like when Pearl takes place and everything, I'm sure their ages are on the internet or like could be calculated somehow, but I am far too not invested and stoned to care about that. But somewhere (laughs) their ages are available, but they're old is the point. They're an old couple. They are an elderly. Uh, And we, Howard greets him with a shotgun in true american fashion and he's like you know whoa 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 like what are you doing like we spoke on the phone you know we booked this airbnb i don't know the app is having (laughs) issues no Um, but yeah this is gonna Uh, affect uh howard's rating yeah yeah definitely uh definitely by the end of it at least um (laughs) and i i think the scene its biggest purpose really is to set up so like howard like you know pulls the gun on him and then once they talk it out and realize that like they made arrangements to be there. It's not like a crazy person trying to rob them or something. He puts it down and he gets, he uh, 
gets a little bit more familiar with Wayne and he's like, oh, it's not even loaded. I just wave it around to scare people off. And then Wayne says, I keep the same thing in my glove box, which comes back later. Mm-hmm. It's like anti Chekhov's gun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wayne's gun. It's it's like because it, like the whole thing with Chekhov's gun is that like the gun will fire. But the thing is, here is that the gun won't fire. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so then the crew gets shown to the side cabin guest cabin moment that they have on this little range um and they pretty much get to work right away they're like let's give the people what we want mm-hmm. and they start filming their the little porno video um it, it, it i guess this movie is kind of a slow burn yeah yeah i would say so i it like I was saying, like it kind of lulls you in with that that feeling of, you know, things are kind of uncomfortable, but nothing's really dangerous yet. And also like the villains of this movie, like are like 80 year olds. That's so true. Like, and that's the you thing. Know... You don't really know what the threat is and at this point in time, because there really isn't one. Like, like at, yeah, I, I feel like when I was watching this and like, you know, it's marketed as like an A24 slasher. I can't remember if I saw a trailer or not. I might have, but I'm like, I remember just kind of sitting there and being like, okay, like, is it, is this going to be like a people versus environment kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Is, are the old people going to be villains? Are like, is it going to be like a reverse slasher where like these people start killing? Like, you know, like I didn't quite know yeah. what the threat was going to be just yet. Yeah. Cause I mean, one thing of note is like, uh, Howard and Pearl are like, they're not like fit, you know, going to the mall and walking every Sunday kind of elderly people like they're I mean, Howard specifically is like coughing and hacking. So, you know, it, it I mean, I think I think even just that like kind of makes you feel like, oh, this person's not a threat. Like, yeah, he has a shotgun, but like, yeah, because, you know, just thinking like, what is he going to do? You know, Um, yeah, I think in this scene also it reveals that uh, Kid Cudi's character did two tours in Vietnam. So like not yes, only are yes, we told that like you know, you have like a Marine in the cast of young people. So it's like, you know, what is this old man really going to do to like, you know, a Marine who's seen like active combat and like, right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And so it, it and it just further kind of helps to establish the character dynamics and relationships and, and Howard's all like, I don't think I like you, Wayne. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't <laughs> like I, I thought it was kind of funny. Uh, so, and, and he says that like his wife, Pearl is in the house and he would appreciate some discretion, which mm-hmm. is another one of those moments that kind of hits different on a rewatch because first time you're thinking, oh, like old lady, my wife can't know you're up to such just smut in mm-hmm. my property. But then on this rewatch, you're like, he was almost trying to warn them. Yeah. And, like, keep them safe in a way because he's like, you know, don't go. They start filming their movie and and RJ's whole thing is like he he's into it. And like, mm-hmm. I don't mean into the sex part. I mean, into the plot. Like he oh, is yeah. trying. I think he even says that he's trying to basically revolutionize the home video market because mm-hmm. he wants to give people like cinema. He wants like elegant porn. This is a story, but it also has hardcore penetration in it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's possible to make a good, dirty movie. Mm-hmm. like that's that's always the line i like he he looks just so pressed about it too when he's right. talking to his girlfriend 
he he does uh and and like i feel like we can all relate to rj a little bit getting yeah. a little maybe too into your project and and it kind of raises that like argument like because i think later one of the characters i think it might be bobby lynn says something like come on people aren't here for story they're here for tits and ass <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and shit like that yeah i think so, i don't so like, i don't know yeah i don't know if uh 1979 porn goers were really ready for this type of film yeah and and it, it makes me wonder too because from what we're shown and on the blu-ray there is like a featurette called the farmer's daughter where they like edit the scenes of the movie oh really see them shoot and put it together as like a small porn video which is kind of funny but um it uh it's not revolutionary <laughs> like it's it's pretty basic porn scenario but that's also me as a 24 year old saying that in 2022 and like even though this movie came out now it takes place in the 70s so i'm like maybe in the 70s that was revolutionary yeah <laughs> like, i was gonna say like in 1979, maybe the farmer's daughter was like not a tired trope, but like, you know, yeah. maybe it was something new or like or like it was used just enough that when people saw it, they were like, oh, I kind of like this. This is kind of a newer thing. Yeah. And and honestly, if I'm like watching porn and I see a vintage video, they're always like two hours long. I'm oh, like, yeah. This is I mean, a movie. The the filming kind of reminded me of like uh those like HBO like you know 2 a.m movies that were like all kind of fuzzy <gasps> yes, and like you know, I mean? oh yeah, God, you know what i mean yeah you know what i mean like in the middle of the night as a child like, oh, and it's what's just on? on and then just all of a sudden it's like hey how's it going oh things are going pretty good you know it's just this like very yes. like silly setup and uh um, yeah always really fucking blurry for some reason <laughs> <laughs> a lot of steam in those rooms yes 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 um so they they start filming their thing and during is uh well okay so we see Brittany Snow goes first. Uh, Bobby Lynn, she's the first up to do her little acting bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, during her shoot, Maxine goes like out of the cabin, like out for a swim. There's a really tense scene with an alligator in the water that really edges your suspense of like, is she about to get gobbled the fuck up right now? <laughs> Can I just say, though, what is she doing in rural Texas with like no clothes on with all those bugs? Like I, I... in that swamp. I can understand walking around in the overalls with nothing underneath. That side boob, out of this world, unparalleled perfection. But as soon as she got in that water, I'm thinking infection. I'm thinking disease. What is happening? I'm thinking algae. Gross water. (laughs) That's the horror movie. That's it. That's that's the end of the movie. She gets some type of bacterial infection, some type of, you know, E. coli or something like, and that's, that's X. That's the whole movie. That's that's the entire movie. X X for that like 0.1% of bacteria that glass <laughs> don't get. Yeah, the, 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 the one that the hand sanitizer can't get. Yeah, exactly. But uh and then she goes into the main house where Pearl is, and I think Pearl offers her a glass of lemonade. Yes. And so there's a it it is very creepy. It's like awkward because here's this like old ass woman and she's like a stranger. And uh, doesn't be a down like down that glass of lemonade in one gulp. Yeah, I, I I remember I remember her enjoying it. I I did you when you watched this first movie? Did you know that uh, Pearl like old Pearl was played by Mia Goth? Absolutely the fuck not. I did yes! not realize. I was like I got way out of the movie. I don't even think I saw it in the credits. I think I just got way out of the movie and saw people talking about it online. I was like, what? 
I was like, oh, who played the old who played the old woman? And I like I googled like, it, and I was like, I was like, what? Uh, she was both. What? Whomst? <laughs> uh, yeah, it it took me by surprise. I had no idea that she was both, and it just it. it, it I'm almost kind of glad because retroactively, I was like, oh, damn, she was really putting in work. Doing yeah, both of those roles. There's even um, I don't remember what part. It might be the same part, but there's a scene where like. Uh, Pearl is looking at like an old picture of her and Howard and it's like mm-hmm. fucking Mia Goth like, yeah like 20 years old Mia Goth you know with, with Howard and like yeah the, uh, first run yeah yeah so it's it's I was like that's such a trip it's, I mean yeah Mia and Goth it, is phenomenal in this film in both roles Pearl like but like Pearl in this X film like as an old lady and as you know young Maxime like she's phenomenal yes both. yes and and it's it, it helps play to the theme of the movie too of oh of, absolutely like growing old and in the the spirit of the past and all that but we'll maybe we'll get into that more towards the end um so yeah it's it's like an uncomfortable scene it's it's tense because you don't really know what's going on and it's and it's awkward and while maxine is looking at that picture uh pearl comes up to her and like kind of like finger rubs up against her, her oh, yeah. like arm and maxine like flinches and is like what the hell are you doing <laughs> and then pearl is like Shh, it'll be our secret <laughs> oh, yeah yeah <laughs> it'll be our little secret and that's and that's where mia goth is, does the like what <laughs> I, I can't even <laughs> replicate it it's so perfect uh but then she so she goes back to the the barn or whatever and wayne's all like where have you been like we're losing daylight we gotta we gotta record so mia mia goth does her sex scene and like while she's like fully riding kid cuddy pearl is in the in the background like sneaking up in the woods looking through the window and there's like a pretty stylistic shot of of invoking the emotion that pearl is envisioning herself in such a role oh yeah it like cuts like uh maxine like turns and looks and looks at uh pearl and then suddenly maxine transforms into pearl like her shoulder like shoulder up like riding kid cuddy and then it trans it like changes back and like mm-hmm. that was that was like that threw me off guard and and i'm not i don't i watched it i watched it again today actually and uh in the window i noticed pearl is kind of like moving around a little bit so do you think she was like she was kind of like enjoying it a little you know what I'm like she's like i mean she like i don't know if she's like shaking because she's old or but she was kind of right. like rocking back and forth like this and kind of a yeah. gy- a gyrating motion and i'm like pearl what um, are we doing here as a very tiny short person i took that as she's like on her tiptoes trying to look oh okay her. okay okay I, i'm <laughs> for reference could... i'm six one so i can't re- i can't relate oh yeah i'm five three so i i i pictured myself in that looking through that window i'd be like on my tiptoes i'm like standing <laughs> on hay bales i'm like ooh, what's going on over there like yeah but <laughs> she also could have been swayed into the motions a little bit i don't know pearl's a freak like that As pearl pearl gets i mean you know pearl's a, yeah you know pearl's a freak Pearl, if you've seen Pearl, you know Pearl is a freak. We know. <laughs> uh, but uh you're gonna so, find out today. Yeah. <laughs> um so they they do their movie, and then I don't think anything else happens before nighttime. Oh, wait, yeah, no, actually I lied. Something big happens, like a, quite a chunk of the movie happens. Uh they they do their little rap party, and bitch, as soon as I saw that guitar, oh, I was yeah. like 
they figured out how to make Britney Snow sing in this movie. She's so <laughs> like, she's gotta, so good. She's so she's good. so good. I was like, it's got to be part of the contract that if she appears in a movie, she has to sing. <laughs> oh, oh, uh, we so before that though, um, we Pearl goes back to the house and tries to tries to smash uh smash Howard. That's, that's true, and he's all yeah. like, I can't do it. My heart, you know. I'll have no, I'm gonna have a goddamn heart attack. Yeah, and and we've already seen that Howard's in pretty bad shape like you said he was like coughing and hacking up a lung just from saying a sentence oh yeah um, so you know he's he's not exactly in great shape uh and and yeah pearl pearl wants it and howard she feels howard some kind of it. way she's feeling some kind of way i feel howard i feel kind of, i feel bad for her at this point like this movie she hasn't done anything bad at this right. point that we know of yeah this movie definitely raises a good theme and moral question of like you know, they're just old people. Like, why is it gross that they want to fuck? Like, why is it? Yeah. Like, they're, you know, they're, they're people. Like, just because they get old doesn't necessarily necessarily mean they, like, stop wanting to fuck. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, like, this is, like, 1979 rural Texas. So it's not like Pearl could just, like, hit up her, like, local swingers club. Like, right, this, she, right. she only has a single person to have her needs tended to. And, like that's it like that's you know there's there's really not a, a lot of options for her and so it's kind of heartbreaking to see her like be like hey could you you know look at me and and touch me and all this stuff and he's just like uh well i'll die so sorry babe <laughs> which like is fair to him yeah, like I that's mean, fair yeah. it's fair to it, both of them it's one of those situations where it's just like it, it's just a shitty situation and circumstance and it's, it's yeah. like a part of a uh, part of life and so they yeah, so we see that, and they kind of set up that whole thing that Howard has a bad heart. Um, and then also before the guitar moment, we get that real that really sex positive oh, yes. conversation we were talking about earlier, where um, uh, Church Mouth over here, Lorraine, you know, she spent all day holding a boom mic watching people fuck like in front of her for hours or whatever. And so she's all like, how, like, because Wayne and Maxine are dating. She's like, mm-hmm. how can you guys be like, together so chill about this but yeah and be so chill while this dude fucks your girl and oh yeah and you know he's like it's just business the camera's rolling like it's a job which like yeah normalize that fucking sex work yes and i mean it's just i mean little personal thing about me i mean i've i've been in in, you know polyamorous ethical non-monogamy whatever you want to call it um for 12 years and oh nice yeah since so I'm, i'm 30 um and so yeah i mean it was just I mean, the way that they capture it is just very like it, it's just it does not have to be within the same realm. Like it can be totally separate. Like you are able to define like what your relationship is and like yes. they see it as business. They see it as an exchange for like, you know, to for fame or monetary goods, like whatever. Like that's just how they define it in their relationship. And yeah. it's it's so interesting because like you can even see sort of like the casualness between like Bobby Lynn and Jackson Kid Cudi. Bobby Lynn um, really hit it home for me. With yeah. She during this scene. She, cause she's the one who's like, you know, everybody has sex. Everybody likes sex. Mm-hmm. So why, why do we put all these stipulations and rules and limitations on it? What, what is her quote? Like I honestly, maybe I, I don't know. I would maybe get this tattooed on me. Maybe, but I just, I love the quote she has where she said, I think it's, gay straight black white it's all disco <laughs> <laughs> yes and and i think it's a i think it's interesting too like uh in the gas station scene uh 
one of the things is that they ask like oh is Lorraine is like RJ your boyfriend and she's like mm-hmm. yeah and he's like you help her out with her his movies and she's like sometimes and she's like is Jackson your boyfriend and Bobby Lynn's like sometimes sometimes, sometimes he <laughs> is and I'm just like yeah. girl yes. yes oh my god it's so good and like I, I I don't label wise I don't know where I would like put myself on the polyamory monogamy scale but I know for a, sh- a fact I definitely don't believe in monogamy so hearing it's this not, yeah was refreshing it's... and like oh so good and 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 so like I just it makes me so happy to see a sex positive thing because movies influence our culture right oh, totally I mean, like they do so in in years to come people are gonna watch movies like this and grow up where you know they normalize sex work they normal they're sex positive totally they just it helps with that mentality when you grow up hearing movies that are hateful to the gays hateful to Mm -hmm. women people grow up with it like thinking that that's normal like oh i saw it in that movie they said in that movie it's funny it's 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 but like so movies influence culture so here when movies take this positive approach it's going to in the future help to mold a better tomorrow <laughs> yeah and i mean it's that the thing is is like um it uh, there are a lot of people i think who are of the mindset that because they're aware of it it doesn't influence them but it's not true yes. like you you can't be like hyper aware of every single thing that you're absorbing and like filtering it and processing it like a machine like there are so many things that you're exposed to in film and media that like you unconsciously are like creating biases and and there's no there's no stopping it. I mean, there's like so many things in even my own life. Like I, I feel like I'm a pretty like, you know, aware person and I try to, you know, but uh like that I've just been like, oh, I, I thought this was a thing. And and somebody was like, No, that's just that's a that's just in movies. Like that's not a real thing that happens in real life. And I'm like, holy right. shit, like, you know, because if you're you know, if it's not something you're exposed to a lot, it, it's that's just kind of Absolutely. how a lot of things are molded. Absolutely. Uh, so it's 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 just this scene is really nice and you know they have a nice little sing-along to cap it off and and it's a kind of a cathartic mini 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 glimpse into a person discovering themselves with you know jenna ortega's character lorraine having these uh, these views these set views Mm -hmm. that are you know pretty they follow in line with religion and, you know, we've seen a preacher. So there's definitely some religious aspect there. Uh, and they're, they're pretty closed minded views to say. Yeah. I and mean, the song itself. Her. Yeah. Like so land, the, this landslide is like, yeah. Is the meta is a metaphor for the entire film. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and so we see her kind of, you know, she asks these questions and, and she gets curious. And then after the sing along, she just goes, I want to do a scene in the movie. <laughs> Ooh, RJ's face. Which I think is so interesting because it's like RJ spends like this entire movie like talking a big game about how this is art. It's totally separate. It's just business. Like it's possible to make a good dirty movie. But the second his significant other wants to get involved, he's like, well, wait a minute. No. Not like that. Not like that. Not like that. Yeah. He's like, no. And 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 she's like, why? You know, it's you said it's art. You said it's it's all this. And he's like, but no. And then, but she's she's determined. She wants to do a scene in the movie. And now, uh, I do not side with RJ here, like at all. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, the the, I, the thing is, is like it's such commentary on like, like 
I feel like it. I feel like it's. it's I can't. I can't quite put my my words on it, but it's like almost like commentary of like porn consumption and like versus like it. It's it's like thinking porn. Like this this character RJ is sort of this like kind of typical like dude, right? And so it's yeah. like he's fine consuming. He's fine watching. He's fine even like producing it. But the second it becomes personal, he no longer respects that sex worker. So it kind of it almost reveals right. that he's and- not actually like treat seeing these people as like decent human beings he's just like oh absolutely yeah and he, he even says later to wayne he's like no she's not like those other girls in there she's and a nice even girl. wayne's like hang on what the fuck are you trying to say about those other girls in there mm-hmm. and, and so yeah definitely reveals uh some shit about rj but also just like i can understand if they're you know you're in a monogamous relationship you know you talk about it you're you're both pretty set on that and then out of nowhere, this whole like, oh, I kind of want to fuck somebody else comes up. But and that's very jarring for sure. But also his reaction was just so like. He got so like personally. Offended. Yeah. And she raises these good points. You know, she's like, I'm I'm curious. You 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 type up this big game about how it's art and how it's it's cinema. It's not you know, it's not love. I'm not falling in love with Kid Cudi over here. I just kind of want to get on camera and fool around a little bit shake things up yeah and then rj cries in the shower (laughs) and this is where i'm just like girl why are straight men stay simping when they could be pimping that's what i'm saying all been that's what i'm saying good time fucking on camera and said he got to get his motions twisted and now everybody dies (laughs) this could have just been called the farmhouse and everybody's involved like let's 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 have fun with it i mean i think too it's like really interesting that like like the way that he even expresses like because like in a normal like in an in like a normal relationship if somebody was just like hey by the way i just want to fuck somebody randomly like in a monogamous relationship that's not cool but like he he doesn't express himself like an adult he's just like well no like he could have said yeah. like hey this is something we should talk about like let's communicate this let's let's kind of see like you know how we feel about this and, and kind of right. work through this. But instead he just gets like really possessive. He, he, and he you know, never says like, Oh, it's because you're my girlfriend. Like you can't be in this video. It's always, it's, uh, he always kind of places the blame elsewhere. Like, Oh, oh yeah. She, no, she can't do it. Cause she's not, it'll fuck up the movie. Yeah. He says it's my movie. It's my yeah. movie. I say what goes. And then he's also like, uh, you know, he's uh, like I said, he's, I'm not, she's not like those other girls in there. So the blame is not placed on the fact that they're in a relationship, which is interesting, but it still definitely conveys in his mannerisms and in the way he just kind of shuts down and gets super defensive. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's, he's, I mean, also like we haven't touched on this, but, you know, I'm sure we will many times here, but, uh, you know, Kid Cudi is, is quite well endowed. In, in this <laughs> film and uh true whew, and ironically uh, that is true he he does uh i think rj does mention that in one of the like things he says like he's like you know i i, I can't remember it's like he might i'm like he's like he's you know i i thought like blah 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 like not fucking some big dick something like he says something along those lines and i can't yeah I like can't something remember. to belittle him and, and yeah kind of just basically point out that rj is on a different playing field morally than yes his actors and and his manager and everything yeah and it, it's it's gross i mean like again like i sympathize with rj in the sense of like yeah that kind of sucks to have that sprung on you but at the same time like you don't have to be like the shittiest like you have to be really shitty for me to see this situation and then go like 
I still I'm still siding with the other people here. <laughs> like, I think I'm also just mad that he cries in the shower. Like, I was like, really, dude? Like, that is like, <sighs> go be a fucking man and go talk to your like communicate. Girl. Can we communicate, communicate. here? Like, it's fucking okay to cry, but like, they talk. Like, like, why are you gonna cry in the shower? I don't know. Just the crying in the shower, really. Like, like it's not I helpful. Just, I don't know. It's just it really resonated with me in the bad way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just it's just like. You're, you obviously have feelings about this. Like, be a man and talk about it. Like, let's let's be adults I, here. That's probably also an unop- unpopular opinion. That's just, like, me, who I am. Like, I, you know, I'm I'm not getting caught up like that. That's too much too much drama and emotion for me. So he's all, I can't imagine myself crying in the shower over anyone. <laughs> I, like, yeah, I mean, it is Megan a little like. and died, I'd cry in the shower. But like, <laughs> <not. laughs> <laughs> no, we, 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 we keep it in. We, right. <laughs> we repress. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus. So that's definitely just a me thing. But yeah, uh, so then this is where the movie starts to make its transition mm-hmm. into a slasher. Because what happens is RJ gets too upset. He's emotionally overwhelmed. So he excuses himself from the situation. He's like, fuck this, I'm out. And he goes to to drive away. No, oh, he bails. He's like, I fuck this bails. shit bails he's that fuck this shit and he and he knows he's also such a childish response yes i can understand needing like i can understand needing space and like maybe taking a moment but he just left all four of those motherfuckers there they all went there in the porno machine and got and he took it and left so now he says that stranded while he's driving he's like let's let's see how you do when i leave your asses here like i'm just like what are we doing rj this can't this can't end well yeah, so RJ is a mess in a dress. And so he tries to leave, but as he's about to pull out of the the driveway or whatever you want to, dirt road you want to call it, Pearl is standing there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she's just like an old lady standing in the middle of the road in like her flowy little... Another mess gown. in a dress. Another mess <laughs> in a dress. And um, uh, RJ gets out because he just sees her and he's like, oh, a confused old woman in the middle of the road. He's like, what? are you doing like let me maybe we should find your husband help you inside and pearl like fully what does she do she comes on to him in some pretty strong way does she does she kiss him does she try to kiss uh, him? She, yeah you know she like is? tries to kiss him and he's just like what he's like whoa why did you do that damn girl <laughs> right and so he's like yeah maybe not this let's go find <laughs> your husband oh yeah he's uh, like disgusted but Pearl is not taking no shit. She's fed up. She is horny and she is not being pleasured and, and uh, fulfilled. So she takes that rage out a different way and just fucking stabs him in the throat with. What did she stab him with? I was going to say, I like, what does she stab him with? It's definitely effective because she's good with it. I think I think it's just a knife. Maybe it's just a kitchen knife. I don't know. Oh, she stabs yeah. him with something good, but and, and, and it's by surprise. So that's where the movie really kicks off. So she 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 necks him, which you know, pretty immobilizing shot. And RJ's also kind of like a skinnier, not super yeah, tall he's, dude. He's so not very active. He, so it takes him down, and while he's on the ground, Pearl is just like stabbing the shit out of him, pretty much as fast. Oh, as Oh, she, she can straddles him. Old ass. Yeah, she she fully straddles she's grinding him. Grinding on him. It's very like tiptoes the line of like uh combines the the thresholds of of sexual pleasure and and like adrenaline killing pleasure uh mm-hmm. because she yeah she's like on top of him in a very sexual position stabbing him which you know there's the whole she's like, penetrating him she's penetrating him repeatedly argument yeah and 
something really, really cool about the scene that I noticed on this rewatch that ties back to Pearl. And so I am going to not really spoil Pearl, but talk about it. So if you don't want to hear anything about Pearl, skip ahead, maybe like a minute. But, you know, she's stabbing RJ and his blood is going all over the car headlights because that's what's illuminating the scene because he just kind of hopped out of the car real quick. And it, it completely dawns the scene in red i mean the camera has a red lens mm-hmm. over it. it it's red 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 and this she was wearing a white nightgown but now it's covered in red and in pearl when she does the big audition she's wearing that red dress that's like in the trailers and everything and i was like oh also and she starts dancing in yes. the dress and that and she, it's the same dance so i'm like oh and the lights are like the spotlights oh. exactly auditions and shows and and whatever you know the theater there's there's actually there's multiple scenes in this movie that multiple. have this is just yeah, one that I was it's like, like oh, oh I wow this rewatch and I was like oh I I I, I see what you okay, okay, which is which is crazy too because I I thought I remember reading that he wrote Pearl immediately after yeah I was film. actually just gonna say we would be remiss to to talk about how they were basically written and shot in tandem. Yeah. Uh, and Mia got that a huge influence over Pearl. And they were, you know, they're in New Zealand. COVID's like, we got two more weeks. And they're like, let's fucking do this prequel. So yes. they knocked out a prequel. And in 2023, this year, we will be getting Maxine, the third edition. Very excited. Oh, so but, excited. Um, so excited. Uh, and I love that the whole trilogy is now called chronologically Pearl X Maxine. It's dope. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mia Goth for the win. Anyway. So RJ is dead, giving us our first kill of the movie, and we now know the threat is at least Pearl, probably also Howard. Yes. And this is this is this is also very Texas Chainsaw in that it's almost a reverse slasher in that like the killers aren't actively hunting the survivors. The survivors actively walk into danger. <laughs> Yes, just yes. unknowingly, because you know this happens to RJ, and then uh, somebody else wakes up. I think it's I think it's Jenna Ortega's character, Lorraine. Yes. She's like, "Oh shit, I I think I fucked up things with RJ. You know, I really messed him up." And so she goes like looking for him, and then Howard fucking she runs into Howard, and he abducts her ass and throws her in the basement. Uh, and okay, maybe not not like that. She she walks. He like tricks her into going to the basement. Yeah, and yeah. And it. then I think uh, mm-hmm. what's his name uh wayne wayne is also is also trying to look and he's in like he's got his tidy whities on in all his glory he's just walking Honestly, around and he's like all sweaty like lubed up Woo! yeah i was okay i was very into the scenes of him wandering around the barn keep the cowboy movie. hat on wayne keep the cowboy hat on that's keep it, it on. All I want. uh and so yeah so they they kind of go out and do their separate splits and uh during this time you know, Jenna's getting locked up by Howard and Pearl is getting on Wayne in the mm-hmm. barn. You know, he's like yelling for her or he's like yelling for RJ and he's like, you know, RJ, there's two ways to go about this. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, oh, you know, man, saying his general shit. And what ends up happening is as he's looking through these little holes in the wood of the barn, Pearl on the other side jams a pitchfork through and stabs him in the fucking eyeballs. And I think I think that's the psycho shot uh, that you were talking about, like the replication homage shot. Well, there's also a quick cut and everything. There's also uh, RJ in the shower. 
I think mm-hmm. is also mm-hmm. another another similar shot. And what's actually really interesting, like mentioned Psycho by name. Yes, yes, yes. He's like I, I think when he's talking about he's trying to he's he's comparing like because they actually do talk about how like horror is not taken seriously. Yeah, um, I think yeah, RJ references like on that. The nose, I would say this yeah. movie is. Um, so I, I can't remember for RJ, but I, but Howard's death is definitely foreshadowed because like when he's oh, talking about the are. film, we'll get into yes, that. yes. Cause like, yeah, it's like amazing. Yes. So like Howard's one of Howard's, the Howard's one is he says, you know, this movie is going to fucking make people's eyes come out of their heads and that's what fucking yeah, happens. He's like, he's Just like, that, their you eyes know. are going to pop out of their skulls when they see this. Yeah. And just fucking um, Pearl stabs him through the little, what's, what's yeah. the word? Little, little holes like in the, the barn. Yeah. Uh, so and then you know jenna's in the basement so then kid cuddy wakes up and goes to do his search he's completely naked oh and yeah we see some cheeks we see some cheeks and then he opens the door and we to howard knocking on he's like have you seen my wife and we see some lovely prosthetic oh yeah this is this one's for the size queens this, uh, <laughs> 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 this is what it was um so you know kudos to that shot and I mean, then, there's a there's actually like a fascinating like if you think about it, like Howard probably uh, feels like so emasculated, like by the fact that he like cannot satisfy his wife. And then here you have like here's this fucking. And also, you know, there's like a hint of like, I think there's definitely like a little hint of racism, like with Howard, like definitely. because the first person that he approaches about like, oh, did you serve in the military is like Wayne, who yep. is like very much white. And then anytime Kid Cudi's like, Hey, what's up? Uh, I I was in two t- two tours. I like was literally in Vietnam. Like I just got back. Like I've served and quite he, a bit. And Howard he just, like, just rolls his it. eyes. Yeah, and he just misses it. Yeah. So definitely some subtle racism there. Um, but he, he so he like and well and also here's Howard, this like short hobbly old man, and Kid Cudi is literally standing there in like power stance, like hands mm-hmm. on his hips. He's like young he's got a really good body obviously like a big dick hair he's, like, he's got he's plenty like, of hair he's hair he's and he's and he's backlit by the the lights of this uh, the warm candle lights of the cabin so you know he's just got this almost like angelic glow to him and it's a very it's the opposite of looking in a mirror howard's like mm-hmm. it's very envious he's like and, and you know he's probably like thinking about a time when he was young and like looks like this and and felt like he had you know the world on his shoulders and i mm-hmm. I think that's why he takes one of the big reasons why he takes so much personal vendetta on oh totally uh, on um um god what's his name uh jackson. jackson so he's like yeah help me come look for my wife he's like yeah let me go put some underwear on uh so put some <laughs> shorts on and uh and then they they go looking and while they're looking uh howard pretty much just straight up shoots him yes yes <laughs> shoots it's... him with the shotgun it's so sad because like Kid Cudi legitimately connected with Howard by the fact that they're both veterans. Yeah. And like, he's like, come on, once a Marine, always a Marine. And like, mm-hmm. uh, I think Howard throws his flashlight in the water of the swamp mm-hmm. and like Kid Cudi gets in the fucking water to look for him. Yeah. Like he makes like, like significant efforts to find this person. He does. He does. And and this is another death that's foreshadowed because when Howard asks him, or when he's talking about being in the military, he's like, I've had enough farmers trying to shoot at me for mm-hmm. one lifetime. And here oh, he is getting gunned so down good. by a farmer with a shotgun. So uh, then that leaves Bobby Lynn and Maxine. So Bobby Lynn. Well, Jenna's, well still, Ma- Jenna's still alive. Uh, yeah, Jenna's or, or still Lorraine, alive. She's, rather. Just, she's just in the basement. Uh, and there's also a scene in which she finds 
like another dude naked and tied up down there dead pants down pants down pants down another dong shot dead dong shot so, well also interesting when jackson uh is is we get to watch jackson be really naked um he drinks some milk and on the milk carton is actually the dude who was kidnapped it says oh, missing and when it's like i didn't notice this that. i didn't notice this and and it, it's really like it really holds that shot of like the missing person in the two pictures and like it's the same guy that's dope see now i'm already ready to rewatch the whole movie for it's this, so good every time mission. i watch this movie like it gets better and better like it, it's like the first time i watched it i was like this is good and the second time i watched it i was like this is pretty good and then like learning more about the mm-hmm. like trivia and like how much work ty west put into this and it's um, a very stylistic movie yes. too. like the the direct the cinematography the act the lighting especially beautiful there's a lot of a lot of good strokes in the in the art a lot of good there. strokes <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's, so, there's a lot you know and there are definitely strokes in this there's movie. some you know oh. and kid cut you know so that's always <laughs> but yeah, so so then what happens is uh, Pearl very uncomfortably sneaks herself into Maxine's bed and starts like touching up on her and while she's sleeping. And so it's very weird, very creepy. Oh, yeah. And, and she still got blood on her, watch. too. She does still have blood on her, too, because she starts like touching Maxine and the blood like gets on her. And at first, you know, it wakes Maxine up and she maybe thinks it's Wayne. But then she turns over and realizes this fucking Pearl screams like crazy. And Pearl dips out of there and the scream wakes up Bobby Lynn, who uh, then like, you know, it goes over there and Maxine's like, that woman was in my bed touching me. And so she goes kind of after Pearl to see what the hell's going on. And she finds Pearl at the edge of the dock, that same dock that Maxine went for an alligator and algae infested swim in earlier. And uh, she's just standing there at the edge. And, and you know, uh, Bobby Lynn kind of takes that same approach, like, oh, just a confused old woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, oh, I-, I can help you. You know, my mom was training to be a nurse. Like, I'm I got you. Like, you know, she wraps her nice. up. She's she wraps her up with like yeah, a little blanket or whatever yep. she had on her. Yeah. Yeah. So she's you know, she's got like the best of intentions pretty much. And uh, Pearl pushes her away and it's like, I don't need a nurse. And uh, that's when mm-hmm. uh, Bobby Lynn is kind of like, uh, well, shit, like, sorry. Fuck you, bitch. And then, <laughs> yeah, and then, like, the mood, the mood kind of changes there because Pearl's being real, like, rude and despicable. And then she's all like, get the fuck out of my way. And Pearl just kind of p- gently pushes her enough to catch her off guard. And, you know, they're standing at the edge of a dock, so it pushes her in the water. And that fucking alligator comes back mm-hmm. and gobbles up Bobby Lynn like a little she snack was some chicken nuggets. <laughs> She's a snack and she became she a, snack a snack later. Yes. Yes. And yet another death that was foreshadowed uh, mm-hmm. because when in the very beginning, when they first walk out of the club to get in the van to go to this location, they come out of the club and there's a huge mural on the side of it. And the mural is of an alligator tearing off a woman's a blonde woman's bikini and the door is located right in the middle there so when bobby lynn who is also the first person to walk out of the entire cast it looks like the alligator is eating her and so very cleverly i didn't i didn't realize about the door that's really good that's really good it makes it look like it makes it look like the alligator's eating her because of how she walks out and like the door being placed right in front See, it's I mean, very, that's that's just another it's reason. The clever that, hidden detail. Yeah, it's like ooh, they really so much love that in went into us. this movie. 
it's got soul it's got purpose uh yeah and so basically everybody's dead but maxine now and uh, um lorraine oh and lorraine of course of course uh what happens to lorraine is she's she's kind of trying to make her grand escape and howard kind of made it hard for i think he did he like i don't think he shot her hand he hits her with the butt the butt yeah okay that's what i thought he he fucks her hand up yeah she like almost manages to to get the lock undone from the other side but howard notices and hits her hand with the butt of the gun so yeah fucks her fucks her fingers up pretty good she 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 gets a hole through the door with a hatchet and the way that she swings the hatchet made me think of the shining and even like oh, the yeah, gap that shot in the door is very like is very like yes we've referential it, it's almost getting annoying that specific shot but at the same time like as long as it's keep it, it keeps having its own stylistic spin on it i'm not going to get too annoyed but yes that shot is definitely replicated here and in a lot of other movies yeah i mean just the way that that jenna ortega like swings like the overhand of mm-hmm. like putting that that hatchet in there i was just like that's like that's got to be yeah. There's no way, like definitely, definitely. Um, and so, uh, also, also, Jenna Ortega just like further cementing herself as sc- scream queen of the oh, century yeah. when she finds the the decayed body in there. She just has this scream that's like instantly iconic. Like you just see that scene and you're like, oh yeah. And I think it was even used in posters. Oh, 100 percent. Like, like, yeah, it's like a, critics it's say, scream. and then it shows yeah. her face like screaming. Do you? Great I got scream. a question. Do yeah. you think that Pearl was 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 doing things to those those dudes she kidnapped? Because the pants were down. Oh, absolutely, but hundred okay. percent. I was like, I cause like is that implied? Because like, oh, absolutely. I was like, I'm like, is, would Howard so. would Howard be like okay with that? Like, oh yeah, I know? think that's I think that's actually the whole point is because Howard can't perform because of his heart. He they needed some other way to satisfy Pearl. So, so she, crazy. She does whatever she does with them sexually abuses and rapes them how she does and then kills them <laughs> pearl what are we doing pearl is pearl is i don't know i can fix i can fix i can fix her i can fix her i can fix her the theme of so many horror movies <laughs> um, but yeah so uh lorraine eventually does escape via help of maxine mm-hmm. and uh she she kind of regresses, unfortunately. She kind of pulls an RJ and regresses because she's like, I hate you people. This is all your guys' fault. Like you're and she, she she I forget exactly what word she is, but she calls him some insult that along the lines of you are morally less than me. Oh yeah. I mean she's not a nice girl after all. Right. Yeah. She's she's got some strong opinions. So she unfortunately kind of regresses there in that moment. And as she goes to run out the front door, boom, shotgun blast. Jenna Ortega, take it out. Bye-bye. <laughs> Howard shoots her with a shotgun. And then kind of comically fast is like, we got to move around the property. So it looks like self-defense. <laughs> um, he does, oh, yeah, he also, does. I forget when it was, but at some point earlier in the movie, it was established that Pearl has a bad hip. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, I think I think Howard. Maybe says that's it why to... she was shaking during the barn scene too. Oh, true. I think Howard says it maybe to Wayne, like, "Oh yeah, I gotta be. She's gotta be careful. She's got a bad hip or something like that." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So now it's just Maxine, and I forget when, but at some point she had grabbed the gun from the glove box that we know is unloaded, but she mm. isn't. Uh, and so Howard. 
does she point the gun at Howard? What gives him the heart attack? Uh, so what happens is, um, yeah, Jenna, or, I don't uh, have the movie uh, open on my second screen this time. I'm going off. So, of memory. so Lorraine is actually still alive and mm. like spurts blood and like coughs or something like she's going to die for sure. But yeah. I believe that startles Howard. And it, as a result, gives him a heart attack. That's, that's what it is. I knew he like got startled for something. I just can't remember exactly. And they what did. They did just hurt him and Pearl did actually just fuck. That's true. Oh, yeah. We totally forgot to mention there's a scene where per- Howard finally does just give in and does have sex with Pearl and Mia Goth is hiding. Yeah, underneath she's the bed she's, she's feeling out. that pressure. Yeah. So <laughs> she's I mean, like, uh, what a roller coaster that must be. Imagine the people that are actively trying to kill you just start fucking in the bed you're hiding under. Like, Bro. Yeah, I just I thought it was really interesting because, yeah. yeah. I, I thought it was interesting because they do really like put an emphasis on like two old people having sex. Like it's not a short Definitely. clip. It's not a short clip. And, and they, and they show like they show his ass and you see like some side and it's like definitely done on purpose because they, and even like watching in a theater, people are like, Oh, gross. And it's like, but mm-hmm. is it though? It's just like, yeah, yeah. Murders, but let's drop that for a second. And just so fully, solely focus on the visual that it's just, it's just two people who it's just normal. Older. Like if these were 20 year olds, there'd be no issue here. 30. Yeah. I mean, like even. if I remove the context of like, you know, the like multiple serial murders, like good murder aside, but like yeah, murder aside, torture aside, like good for her. Good for her. <laughs> we love to see it like i mean i mean it, it was a tender moment like it, it it i think i don't like that's the thing that one thing i don't know after seeing this movie three or four times is like i don't know if we're supposed to be disgusted or uncomfortable or if it's supposed to just be like a neutral because the movie spends so much time making like sex like everybody does it it's a yes. normal thing so it's like and and even bobby lynn has that line earlier in the movie where she's like one day we're gonna be too old to fuck yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, this man, movie's very so so many references to like other things, and you know it's yeah. So I mean it it it's yeah. It's two old people. It, it this movie's got something to say, and that's one of the reasons it's 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 elevated. It's it's in, in that you know that good make you think head scratcher kind of movie because it it asks it poses those questions. And and kind of points out the fact that we treat old people with a certain discernibility. That's like they're just you know they're just people trying to do the same shit we're doing. Yeah, there's I mean they they still feel likely. I mean from what I've been told, like you know I'm only thirty, so I'm not that old. But you know I've been I've spoken to older people, and they say I feel the same as you. Like you know you're thirty, like I still feel like I'm in my twenties, and like you know like this is just I just look different now, and that's how how I feel. People are. Yeah, and it's. I definitely foresee myself being that person. Like, I yeah. don't think I'm ever going to. I'll I'll wisen and harden over the years, but I don't think the the spirit of my chaos is ever going to dwindle in age. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean that's how you. I mean that's how you like still continue to like get new experiences and stuff. And I think yeah that that is a pretty big commentary on like Pearl and Howard's like kind of life in general. That's like implied definitely. in this movie is like, you know, they're kind of stuck in this this farmhouse situation and there's not a lot of you know like variety in their day-to-day and 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 this is why this this franchise being a trilogy is nice because pearl is like is a good kind of prequel in that if you've seen it it adds context to this but it's not like it's dropping reveals it's not trying Mm -hmm. to change the stakes it's not trying to reveal some truth that was always there it just adds more 
context. And yes. so when you watch X again, having the knowledge of the events of Pearl and and everything that happens in that movie, it, it adds a little bit more weight. It's it's more character building. It, it makes this universe the the X verse feel yeah, yeah. feel more real. It yeah, um, it's it's and, so crazy. I mean, yeah. it, it's it's just like it's so perfect and supplementary to to each other like both films just complement each other so well like it, it's yeah i i i as you can tell as everybody can tell probably listening to me i really love these films right and and it's it's good i i it's kind of ironic that my show is called debate of the dead because rarely is it like an actual debate it's usually just a lot <laughs> of like high spirit and praise but every so often we'll get we'll get a topic that is divisive and and to be fair, I need to co- cover more movies that have divisive topics in general. But... Oh, just do Terrifier. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, holy I, shit! I have opinions on both Terrifier movies, both positive and negative on both. I couldn't so, finish yeah, it. That, I couldn't finish that it. Is one. That is one that I I need to bring up. But um, any anyway anyway. So at the we're we're kind of in the home stretch here. So Howard gets startled, has his heart attack, and dies and you know what i buy it because this whole movie they've been pushing about how he has a weak ass heart and it's all elevated blood pressure since he just did the duty he was getting his fucking steps in though in this movie like him and pearl were like fucking teleporting they were like teleporting all over the place and shit and i was just like those motherfuckers could i was like no wonder he had a heart attack he fucking ran a marathon and then (laughs) fucked his wife and then you know got a little startled so he pushed himself over the edge a little bit yeah yeah and then uh you know pearl's all like call an ambulance and maxine is fully just holding this gun like yeah she's like what no uh yeah and uh so she pearl grabs the shotgun and goes to shoot mia goth and you know she's like an old fragile woman so she's not exactly holding it with um right stance right yeah yeah stance and posture and everything so Maxine's pretty easily able to dodge the shot and the kickback from a 12 gauge shotgun sends fragile 80 year old Pearl oh, fucking yeah. flying. And, and she's also standing in the front door of her house. So she flies like off the porch and over the steps. So now she's fully like in the grass, in the dirt road, in the gravel uh, on the ground. And like we established earlier, she's got that bad hip. So she's, out taken uh, immobilized oh yeah on the i think ground. she goes through the screen door as well she might honestly i, I can't remember, remember. pretty like oof shot <laughs> she's going to the fucking moon with that shit she i mean she also might have been jenna ortega who got blown through the screen door i think somebody got blown. Uh, somebody somebody door. fucked that door up yeah they're gonna have to replace that door so. they are gonna have to <laughs> got a few doors a, call a whole new door person uh but yeah so so pearl is outside on the ground uh and you know they you know maxine tries to fire the gun it's not loaded we all need this and so she's she's outside on the ground and uh what is pearl saying to her she's saying like you're not special mm-hmm. like you're you're something like that you'll you're, end yeah, up just like me or yeah 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 you'll end up just like me which is an impactful line especially Ooh. seeing as to how we are recording this pre-maxine i feel like that's one that's definitely gonna i'm very interested to see where maxine goes um, yeah um, that's gonna be fascinating because i think it's gonna be like a time jump definitely it takes place in the uh uh, 80s i think it's like six years later or something like that um so very excited to see where they go with that but she ends pearl by getting in the car that rj tried to escape on because you know no one took the keys it was just sitting there and so she gets in the car 
drives over Pearl not once but twice. Fucks that bitch up and gets out of there. Uh, and 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 that's it. Uh, well, uh, she does some coke too. I was gonna say she does some coke. And then the final scene is the cops, you know, that scene we saw at the beginning, the cops showing up on the scene the next day and being like, holy shit, what happened here? And then the last line of the movie is one of the cops going, I don't know, but it would make one fucked up horror picture. Yeah, Roll credits. Which, honestly, that's a pretty picture. good that's a pretty good needle drop for this movie. Uh, oh, yeah. But that's that's the story of X. And uh, it's what a film. But the mm-hmm. tangent I was going to go into is that uh, Maxine flips the final girl trope of yonder yesterday years and on its head a little bit because you know uh we've well i guess you've never seen scream so you don't you know maybe you don't know the rules but you know we all the under the rules you can never have sex you can never do drugs the virgin or the the final girl's the virgin mm-hmm. goody good girl who makes it out she's pure she's innocent maxine is nothing but innocent maxine is getting dicked down on the rag and doing rails for fun mm-hmm. okay maxine is not she does dad, so much coke she does so much coke throughout the moral course of this movie. Um, and, and and that's what makes me think of it is because she she gets out the girl who has sex, the girl who does drugs, the girl who isn't afraid to speak her mind. She gets out. She's not the moral innocent. Uh, she's not church mouse, basically. Yeah. I mean, the first person to die is like, I would say, arguably like the biggest. I mean, he kind of reveals himself to be kind of a prude. Mm-hmm. Uh, RJ, which like is he's... funny because yeah. he calls uh, Lorraine a prude earlier. It's like, and and you know she throws it back and she's like, "When did you become such a prude?" And yeah. Like, oh, get her, Jay. Get her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean it's it's so interesting and and yeah, I I just thought that that was such an interesting first kill. Like he, it's the person who like is literally rejecting everything that he was like talking all that shit about. And he literally yeah. just leaves the scene and tries to escape it. And it's still, he still gets, gets fucking dunked on by Pearl. <laughs> he fucking does. And in there's uh, this movie, this is a good shakeup for slashers. We've, we've now, this movie honestly really has opened the door for slashers with purpose. And that's not to say that it hasn't been done before. There have definitely been good slasher movies that aren't slacky cheese nonsense before this plenty mm-hmm. of them, but this one, it's now mainstream. It's the standard now. Like no one, we, people aren't going to put up with uh, the schlock anymore because now we have such great, you know, the bar has been lifted. Yes. We have such great movies now that people are going to expect this quality. And it's kind of a uh, trend in general with, with the whole elevated horror, have you, uh, that movie, horror movies, especially after this year, now are kind of expected to be profound and stylistic and well-developed and everything oh yeah Um, i mean so the the bar has definitely been lifted all across the board and x was definitely one of the first of the year to kind of really power lift it up off the ground definitely i you know what i mean i feel like you i feel like you hit the nail on the head because when i first watched this film i was like this is good like i there's something about it that's so different and so like it's really just boat. catchy. Yeah, like I like this, it's ca- not, this something. I'm a huge horror fan, but I'm not catching like all this foreshadowing and everything on the first watch because you just can't. Especially yeah. me being like when I see a movie, especially because I like to go in blind, I I I don't turn my brain off per se, mm-hmm. but I I just I don't I sit down like I'm in a roller coaster. Like it's in anything that's like I know how roller coasters work. I know we're gonna have hills and loops and twists and turns. Yeah. 
But at the same time, I'm still keeping my eyes open. I'm waiting for those drops. I'm ready to put my hands up when needed. I'm not th- I'm not anticipating like, exactly. oh, here comes the loop. Here comes the loop. Or, you're not you know, counting. Like you're that. not counting the rungs on the track. You're not looking at the engineer or whoever, like controlling yeah. anything. Like you're and, just and, you're in the experience. Right. And on your first watch, you're you know, you're on the track, you're on the rails. If you miss something, there's no I mean, yeah, you could technically pause and rewind if you're watching at home. But especially in a movie theater, like there's no going back like you missed it. It's done. Yeah. And you don't find out about it till later. And I think that's part of the experience is like going online and being like, here's what you missed in this movie. And it's like, oh, no. Shit, yeah. Watch Mojo, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> and you start getting those playlists going. <laughs> I, 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 that's, I mean, that's just what, I think that's just what really makes like a great film too. Like it, a film that requires multiple watches. Like that's a good film. Like the fact that you like, you know what I mean? Like if, if there's a film and you can get everything out of that film in one go, like it's probably not that deep. And like this movie doesn't really have reveals per se. Oh, actually it does. And we forgot to mention it. Uh, we, uh, kind of that it's also in the end scene where Pearl, uh, inevitably dies and Maxine is doing her whole thing about I want to be a star and like I'm nothing like you mm-hmm. uh it the the preacher from the television is on in their living room so we like hear that in the background and then after Maxine flees the scene it, it goes back to that broadcast or whatever and he starts going on about my daughter was corrupted by perversion and, mm-hmm. and all this other shit and the daughter is Maxine excuse me Maxine and doesn't Max I mean Maxine's like big line in this film is I will not accept a laugh that I do not deserve absolutely I think the preacher mentions something like not quite the same but like it's a it's it's, a similar motif it's referential to what he's saying about like you know not accepting like sin and and shit like that so it's like kind of interesting how she like kind of spins that herself and redefines that and I just realized I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to spoilerism pearl for like 60 to 75 seconds. The I don't need a Maxine prequel. Like, I don't need to know really more of Maxine's backstory because it was conveyed enough via Pearl. Pearl had this borderline abusive mother, not even borderline, just abusive mother who didn't understand her goals and ambitions and was outcast for it, isolated for it. And basically, Pearl tried to go on her own and live live a life that she wanted and maxine flip side had a borderline most likely abusive dad who doesn't understand her goals and ambitions who does get out of that life and goes Mm -hmm. to pursue the dream and oh i really wonder where they're gonna go with maxine because pearl went such a way and then leading into this so i really really wonder what's going to happen at maxine and i think i think the big difference between pearl as a character and maxine as a character even though they're such parallel like Mm -hmm. similar characters similar lives is that pearl tried failed gave up mac Mac maxine was like a sex worker she was like a stripper or something she continued to put herself like in situations where like she could have opportunities she does she did not she was persistent. Yes. She 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 took the route of I'm not giving up. I will not accept any other life that is not the one that I want. And and yeah. versus like and Pearl like, being like, this is just kind of what happens. Like this is just life. I'm gonna accept the hand that I'm dealt. Yeah. And 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 they also have this clear distinct separation that Pearl's clearly like a sociopath, psychopath, yes. and kills people. <laughs> and so Maxine 
at least not to our knowledge, does this. Oh, absolutely and so, not. And like it's, I would imagine Maxine is going to still be a horror movie, considering Pearl and X are too. So like, is she going to be killing people? Are people going to be trying to kill her? Is it going to mm. be like a commentary on the industry of Hollywood, where like she has to kill like a producer because he's trying to take advantage? Of, you know, like there's so many routes it could go. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Like. Yeah, this it's like what is the horror of Maxine gonna be? And I think she's now killed Pearl, so like is she gonna go on a killing spree? Like who well, you know, it could be anything. Oh yeah, I mean she didn't have to drive backwards. <laughs> she, she did not she have, didn't to have to do, do that. that. The bitch was she didn't have to do that. That was like, personal. Yes. Seriously. I mean it, it I think also too, like in the very beginning, uh after the gas station, they they encounter a road a road stop um uh, because a cow got hit by like a 10 10 yeah, ten wheeler yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, which is also a reference to how Pearl dies. Uh, the cow Definitely. got run over. And so that's yep. how Pearl ends up dying. But mm-hmm. um, uh, Maxine specifically looks away and says, I hate blood and hate- guts. Yep. Yep. So, and now now that. she's fucking trying to shoot at people. She's fucking driving over people twice. Like, yeah, she's been pushed over that like threshold doing so. coke. Like, you know, she's just like <laughs> doing lines of coke after smashing somebody's head like she's. She's like in the moment with that. She's living her best life now. Like, yeah. So I'm really, I'm very excited for Maxine. And you can damn believe that it'll be on this podcast whenever it comes out. Oh, hell out yeah. After. Oh, hell yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, that's X. Did you like it? Did you love it? Did it, uh, did it deliver? I, it sounds like it did <laughs> <laughs> for you. Yeah. I mean, I, like I said, like I first watched it and was like, there's something about this that I really like, but like, it's just a slasher. I don't, I don't know. And then just, I watched yeah. it again and I was just like, no, 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 no. There's more to this. And then yeah. I saw Pearl and I was like, holy shit, this is a really good movie. And it's just mm-hmm. like, ugh, I mean, it's just, there's just so much stuff. And I think like, especially after listening to this podcast and talk, kind of talking about some of the like trivia and like the stuff that we noticed in the background, like when you actually mm-hmm. watch that though, it's so fucking satisfying. It is, and it and it shows me that care was put into this movie, thought was put into this oh, movie, and it, it, it's not like they're just there to be there, you know. Like it serves a purpose because this whole movie mm-hmm. is is a foresight into the future on what life will be like when you're older, and so them dropping these hints about what the future fate of these characters will be is is like in line with that and it it, it should this whole franchise i say franchise because now there's two movies in it there's going to be a third mm-hmm. uh it, it, a, a through line theme that surrounds it all is is the parallels of aging you, you know what i mean like yes we're seeing two different people at very different stages of their lives and like but they're at the same at, at the same time it's like almost looking at like the same person at different stages of their the sing the single life yeah know? yeah and and it's like uh and this is this is a really good example of like i th- i feel like i've talked about this before on this podcast about when people play dual roles in movie movies because i, I don't look at that as like the exact same care person is that character but i look at it as this kind of human this There's a connection essence of a human is the connection so mia goth being both maxine and Pearl, while they are trying to tell the story of how their personal lives are so interconnected, uh, a woman with ambition and drive to become a star, one, it kind of works, it does not work out for them entirely, and the other, it does. 
and that's mm-hmm. also not a spoiler for Pearl. Like we clearly see in X as an old woman that she, you know, she talks about wanting to be a dancer and all that stuff. So mm-hmm. clearly she does a little routine after she yeah. kills RJ. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we see some insight into her mind and all these characters minds. And so we see how their lives parallel each other, you know, like you said. Um, so a, a, a big overarching, overarching theme of this whole franchise is, is the way that history and and time will kind of cycle itself in in various incarnations. Yeah, I mean, sense. even regardless of the time period, because Pearl, I believe, takes place in 1914, while this one takes place yes. in 1979, doesn't mm-hmm. matter. I mean, every both characters and and just in life, like you're, you know, people have to kind of go through these major milestones. And regardless of how attractive you are, regardless of of how strong you are, like everyone has to kind of deal with this at one point or another. I mean, yeah. you know, we see like the picture of of uh, Howard and Pearl in X, like when they're young, like on their wedding day, and they're like good looking as fuck. Like Howard yeah. is a stud. Yeah, you know, like and you know another part that happens in the film is uh when when jackson first sees howard he says to bobby lynn he's like damn that's one ugly motherfucker and mm-hmm. it's like bro he was a fucking he was a catch yeah at one point and now you know it's just you don't you don't see that you know when when you are looking at this person it's kind of towards the end of their life like you don't see all of that history and it's just so interesting to like it, it just has such a good commentary on just like the stages of life and like you know, how you kind of decide for yourself what you're going to sort of settle on and what you're going to push back against and and try to change for yourself. Absolutely. And there's and there's definitely hints of like how society and and civilization plays its its role and and looks at older people in general and kind of ask you to maybe think like, are you having opinions this way simply because of their age or is it because of like an actual reason you know what i mean like uh it's also a scary reflection i mean i'm getting scared just talking about it you know like it's getting it's 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 hard we're all gonna die we're all gonna die one day and yeah most most of us will that's that's the the horror that's the horror of this podcast right here is we're, we're we're not even just talking about movies we're getting deep it's it's terrifying to think of a time where we won't be able to do the things we love and that's what this movie is is a reflection of is is not what it's like to be in the moment of pursuing your passion and what it's like to be on the other end of it and and oh absolutely it's a scary scary reflection basically what i'm trying to say is the theme of x is yolo (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) and i mean i think that's kind of what makes the the characters pearl and and um Howard so tragic is because there is a clear desire like they both definitely want to go go to pound town but they just literally can't their body they're like their minds are still there they very clearly much want to but they're like Howard's body just simply like won't allow it and it's like such a tragic like fight against yourself in a way definitely it's this movie's this movie resonates and and usually if a movie resonates and sits with you afterward and makes you think that's a it's a sign that there was something there was some stuff in that movie there was some meat on those bones yeah and i mean like like kind of like we said earlier like there like everything feels especially after a couple watches feels so intentional definitely 
Yeah, I, uh, I, X, I, I personally loved X. I think I rated it number two favorite movie of the year on Letterboxd. Mm, maybe number that's three. That's pretty big. Off the top of my head. Yeah, it was. It was. It really. It really stuck and it hit. And I, I'm. I really think this is this is going to be cited as the origin of a lot of new uh, trends and stuff as we move forward. Like calling calling it now that in the future mm-hmm. we're gonna get various iterations of slashers with like an elevated meaning. I mean, Scream, Scream came Scream Five came out before this and and made commentary on this mm-hmm. this exact topic, which is not a spoiler. Like it's it even the trailers convey that that's kind of the moment. So like. I, I think in the future of horror, like the next five, 10 years, what have you, as movies come out, people are going to be like, yeah, X kind of opened the door for this. <laughs> oh, totally. I mean, yeah, it, it's just like there's nothing like there's nothing crazy new about it. Like there's so many references. There's so many. It didn't like, reinvent the wheel by any. Yeah, in fact, it actually polished the wheel that already That's, existed. Yes. Yes. Perfect description. It, it's just like. It took all of the things that we kind of love about slashers and just like just refined the fuck out of it. Like it 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 just really just took all the best parts and just made something exceptional. Absolutely. And and we're gonna see, I guarantee we're gonna see slashers with the motif of like like this one's this one's overall like boiled down to one sentence theme is like aging, getting old. So mm-hmm. now we're gonna see L elevated slashers with the motif overall boiled down theme of like oh fucking i don't know like maybe grief like the loss or like Mm -hmm. like that would be so cool to see one where the the overall theme is like a monogamous couple and then like one of them becomes a widow not even by like murder just by like Mm. circumstance and then like the the emotional toll of having to accept that person's death and move on and Mm -hmm. like getting reinvested in someone i could see a horror movie with just trauma style horror movie that's just trauma trauma, baby the The theme of the season (laughs) trauma trauma the trauma of this movie no this this year was i mean this year did have some 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 trauma theme bangers like with That's... barbarian and like um smile and <laughs> this is trauma trauma is the name of the game right now it's because everybody has trauma capitalize on it hell yeah let's make it uh, let's but... make a buck but yeah that's x uh any any anything else you want to say about this this lovely little a24 slasher go this see good it. dirty movie go, go see, see it, it go own know? it it's not with your parents or maybe with your parents. I don't know. I don't. If, if y'all vibe like that. If you vibe not? like that, yeah. Not, like if y'all, you know what I mean. Like <laughs> <laughs> if y'all, if y'all chill like that. <laughs> it, ain't, it, it ain't. It ain't that kind of fucked up horror picture. <laughs> yeah, um, it's very grounded. You know, I, it feels real. I don't really need to spend suspend my disbelief with like anything. It's not silly. It's I, not I, silly. It's very serious. I think, played very straight. Yeah, I um, think that like. Yeah, good it really score. it really does take yeah good great score great yeah, score good score it's definitely it definitely adds to it um but yeah that's that's X directed by Ty West uh go check out the prequel Pearl I don't know I can't say when because I don't know yet but I guarantee that will make an appearance appearance on this podcast in the future um and get hype for maxine in 2023 and if this if you're listening to this after that movie's already come out uh work good for maxine (laughs) (laughs) go see that shit (laughs) go see that shit um but yeah so uh check out check out x and 
this has been another episode of debate of the dead before we close out uh evan fellow fellow evan yes where can they find you you have a podcast of your own tell us all about it yeah so uh my podcast is called we creeps and um the premise is essentially is that you know there's a lot of people who unfortunately can't uh enjoy horror movies like you and i and they get a little mm-hmm. squeamish or you know maybe they got some trauma and uh can't can't really engage so what i do is i go ahead and kind of summarize a lot of the the bigger hits and and modern uh horror movies and and kind of let you you know uh join us in the discussion and you get you're able to get kind of the summary and and, and kind of hear me talk through the entire movie and, and and just you know everybody's invited now and uh yeah so you can you can find that on uh wecreeps.com which is w-i-k-r-e-e-p-s um it's kind of like Wikipedia slash we creepy, you know. So um yeah, go ahead and check it out. And uh yeah, I really, really appreciate you having me on this uh podcast. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on. And I I really do love your show. I, I think it's great. Even it it I love the concept of it of it being uh a, a, a uh digestible synopsis for people who can't like you said like stomach watching the actual movies themselves because they're too scared or afraid of gore or whatever and uh but even even for like me and people like me and us that are super fans of these movies and and can and watch them regularly and are desensitized to fuck all it's good because it's just it's nice to hear another person weigh in on the conversation that these movies arise and it's just you know like i you don't always have to go on YouTube and type in like things you missed in insert movie here because just hearing other people speak their thoughts on movies are is enlightening and you hear other people's perspectives and maybe little things they picked up on that you didn't. So it is it is still nice to hear everything you bring to the conversation and like be like, oh, shit, I didn't realize that about this movie. Uh, I, f- I can't remember a specific example, but I remember having that like light bulb with uh, your episode on Orphan First Kill. Mm, yeah it's that movie it's it's really interesting because like uh i i always say that like anyone can really listen to the podcast because if you like are a big horror fan like it it might actually be one way that you decide whether or not you see a movie because like yeah you might have like like a lot of people like kind of dismissed orphan first kill which is one of the episodes i do and that shit was good and like i had somebody like listen to it who was like this movie's dumb. I'm not going to watch it. And they listened to the podcast and they were like, okay, I saw it. And it was good after I, after I listened and I heard all this stuff about it, I went and watched it and it was good. So, you know, I I invite really anyone to listen to it, whether you're scared of horror movies or love horror movies, like there's a little bit of of everything for everybody. And, you know, if, especially if you like this show, like it's, it's very similar in the, in the way that I kind of go through the movie and, and, um, you know, I feel like that's one of the reasons why I was so excited to to do this podcast with you is because like it's it's very similar in the sense of like how we kind of are silly and kind of talk about the yeah the, the major plot points and so that's uh, that's why I was so excited to to jump on this with you. Hell yes! Well, you're welcome back anytime, and I'm Hell sure yeah. you will be back because lots and lots and lots of movies to talk about, and I've got Too lots many. and lots to say. And I mean, that's why I do this podcast. It's very like it's definitely a passion project. It's very cathartic for me because like I see these movies, I get super into them and I start like, you know, picking up on all these background details. So doing this podcast, talking them all out with somebody is like, okay, I can move on. Like I'm done. Yeah. Like I, I really, I really did all like got all that movie possible out of my system. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, and it's the worst it's, feeling when you've yeah. seen like something like 
X, for example, and you're the only one you know who's seen it. And you're and just like, you I need those moments. I need to talk to this. Like you like force your friends to watch it because you're like, please, like what I need I, to talk about it. Exactly. One of my greatest, like greatest pleasures in life, literally, is showing people the Scream movies because like I've seen those movies to death. I've like a hundred thousand times. Not a day goes by that I'm not thinking about fucking Scream. So like <laughs> I, it, I wish I could go back to those that day when they the killer first took off the mask and I had that <gasps> moment. But I can't. But I can show people for the first time, and and corrupt their souls with Ghostface, and you can watch see it them their have eyes. that reaction, and be like, "Ah, oh, yes, the days, the good old days." <laughs> yeah, I I somehow have not had any of those movies spoiled, and Thank ha- God. I, have, I have not seen any of them. So I I watched the first thirty minutes of the first Scream, and then I got I I got sidetracked, my dog or something yep. I had to go do something. But yeah, I gotta I gotta. I, there's a lot of horror movies. Funny enough, I have a pure you know, baby. I have a horror. I have a horror podcast, and I haven't seen most of the classics. So, but this is this is a good time to jump in. That's right. Um, but yeah. Anyway, sorry to rant, and let's wrap wrap up here. But yeah, if uh, that's where you can find my fellow Evan here, if you want to find me, follow the podcast at dotd underscore podcast on Twitter. Every Friday, I announce what movie we're going to be talking out talking about on the next episode so that way you know you can see it uh get it in your consciousness if you have seen it you know that kind of thing and then on monday you know i announced that the movie or that the episode's out so follow the podcast twitter uh if you want to find more of me and my drag follow me on twitter and instagram at under at queen jesus christ can you tell the edible kicked in (laughs) (laughs) let me let me try that again if you want to find more of me uh, or my drag, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Queen underscore Cream. And the cream is with a Q, so Q-R-E-A-M. And uh, we will see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.